you're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit talks about our identity in Christ in this message from our Celebration of Life series. Hello, good morning everyone. We are celebrating our seventh year as a church and next week we will be having our celebration about our relationship with one another and we're going to be having a little celebration. I think the lechon will be coming early, I hope. And the pinakbet and an only rice for everyone. So please make sure that you are here next week. We started our series with a theme that we entitled Today's the Day. The first one was Today's the Day to Love Your Spouse. The Bible says, Love believes all things, love bears all things, love hopes all things, and love endures all things. And we also had a series called Today. We honor our parents, and we read about the fifth commandment, which is to honor your father and mother. How do you honor your parents? You honor them by obeying them, by respecting them, by accepting them for who they are, by forgiving them, listening to them, and taking care of them. And last week, we talked about how to become a godly parent. We talked about the three Ps. You need to have the prerequisite of being a godly parent, and that is to know the Word of God. You need to practice that by teaching them diligently to your children. And the purpose, the third P, is for them to put their hope in God when they grow older. Today is the day to know yourself and your real identity in Christ. Who among you knows this woman? For the younger generation, well, her name is Whitney Houston. She came up with a song in 1985 called The Greatest Love of All. That song was actually originally sung by George Benson in 1977, which was the theme for the movie uh, depicting Muhammad Ali's life. It's called The Greatest. And, you know, when Whitney Houston steps into a room and starts singing, everyone just stops and gets her attention. That's how good Whitney Houston is. And my wife knows I'm not really good into lyrics, but because this song was so popular, I, can, I think I can still recite the, the lyrics of the song. Sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Recite the first part and sing the last part. I believe the children are. Teach them well and let them. Show them all the beauty they possess. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let your children's laughter remind you of how we used to be. See? Everyone's searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. I forgot the rest. But you know, part <laughs> towards the end of the song, it says, Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. The lyric of one of the lines of this great song it's impossible for Whitney Houston to live up to. Learning to love yourself, the greatest love of all, according to the song, is something that neither any of us in this room can live up to. Why? Because love is not something that starts from us. In the first book of John, it says, We love because He first loved us. The trouble with this song is that the writer forgot that love cannot start from within because love starts 
and begins with God, not in us. The first and the greatest love of all is the love of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Remember in Matthew, someone came up to Jesus and he wanted to test him. He said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Because there are 10 commandments. And he wanted to say how the Son of Man would respond. And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then he said, the second greatest commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Unfortunately, this verse has been taken out of context. And some being pointing or pointing out that loving yourself is part of the second great commandment. The commandment here is to love others, not to love yourself. It is assumed that we already love ourselves. In fact, that is our default as fallen human beings. Remember, we are warned in the Bible, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful and unholy. We live in a time when the emphasis is always about ourselves. Before the mirror was invented, can you imagine during the time of the Egyptians or even before that, how would you be able to look at yourself? The closest that you can get probably is a reflection of yourself on the water. And even when the mirror was invented, it was made of copper and bronze, and there was only about 20% reflection. And not everyone can afford it, only the pharaohs and those who are very, very rich. Mirrors nowadays are something that we take for granted. We look at them every day at least twice when you brush your teeth, hopefully. And... For some others, they look at the mirror more than that, right? When you drive, you look at your side mirror, or your rear view mirror, something that we uh, take for granted. We use them every day so we could get a closer look at ourselves. And the existential question that we ask when we closely look at ourselves in the mirror is, who am I? Beyond all the features that you see of yourself in the mirror, who are you really? On the inside. You see, what you see as a reflection in the mirror on the outside and how others see you actually is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot going on in ourselves that meets the eye. That is why it's very, very important to know who we are inside, not just what people see, our identity, and this is what we're going to talk about today. More than what is reflected on the mirror and our curated posts on Instagram and Facebook and other social media, we really need to know and understand who we really are. Why? Because really, we live in a world where identity is everything, right? If Mona Lisa would be alive today and she would take her selfie, this is how probably she would smile not as mysterious as her original smile. And young people, please educate me. I don't know what's with the pouting lips when you take your selfie. Can you, is there anyone here who can explain what that pouting lip is for? Why, why do people do that? Gans, please. Uh, the face. Yes. It brings up your 
Ah, okay. So there's a scientific reason for that, right? Okay, so it makes you look thinner. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, there's even a joke that scientists were able to come up with an accurate way of measuring narcissism, and that is the number of selfies you take per hour, right? There's even a study that says women from 16 to 25 years old averaging, they average about five and a half hours a week just taking selfies. Look at your, look at your, uh, your phones. There are probably six or seven identical poses in your phone, right? Because it takes about seven pictures before you can finally choose the, the one. That's the best for your Instagram post, right? And, and it's, just, it's just interesting. Today we're talking about identity. And not just the identity that you see yourself reflected in the mirror, but our identity in Christ. From the time that we were not able to actually be really conscious about ourselves because there were no mirrors at that time, we now live in a generation that is so focused on the self. We live in a culture that tells us learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Who do you see when you look in the mirror? We face the mirror every day. Why? Because we are always conscious about how we look, right? We need to be presentable. We need to look nice. When we see our reflection in the mirror, we make judgments about ourselves. And we use the world around us and ask ourselves, how do I compare with others? What do they think of me? But there's one mirror that I'd like to talk about today. One mirror that we can use and the only mirror that we should use. James 1, 23 to 24, it says that God's word is like a mirror. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once he forgets what he was like. If there is any reference or standard that we should be using concerning ourselves, that should be the Bible, the Word of God. And it says that if we read it and obey it, that's good. But if we read it and do nothing about it, we're just like a person who looks himself intently in the mirror, and then when he goes away, he forgets, forgets about himself. What does the Word of God, the real mirror, tells us about ourselves? Number one, the real mirror, the Word of God, tells our identity is not based on what others say about us. It is not even based on what we say about ourselves. Your mistakes don't define you. Your victories don't define you. You and I are defined by what God says about us. And the Bible says that our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we completely understand that we no longer live for ourselves, but for Jesus, we become humble. Knowing your identity in Christ starts with humility. Our behavior now becomes a function of our understanding of who we are in Christ. And when we truly comprehend our identity in Christ, we begin to let go of the importance of our own opinions about ourselves. We leave that not to the people who hate us. We leave that not to the people who think they know us. In humility, we leave that to the one who knows us better than anyone else. It says here in Psalm 139 to 13, 139, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. There is no one who knows you better than God. Biblical humility means choosing to believe who God says who you are over any other opinion, including your own. In the moments of pride, you may think, Ah, I'm better than this person. I'm holier than others. In moments of defeat, you may say, I'm always like this. I'm not going any better. I'm a loser. If you have died yourself, died to yourself, and clothed yourself in Christ, none of that is true. God calls you to change your mindset, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Knowing your identity in Christ means surrender. For many of us, our identity has been forged by our past, our experiences, the pain, the hurt, the disappointments that we experience in life. True peace comes from surrender. It comes by surrendering all the false identities we have embraced in our life to our real identity in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Just because your past taps you, it doesn't mean you have to look back. This verse tells us that our present time as believers is no longer determined by our past. In Christ, your past becomes a reference, not a sentence. Embracing your identity in Christ means you are no longer allowing your past to define, to have the power to define your future. Knowing your identity in Christ means knowing that you are loved. You couldn't be any more loved by God than you are right now, regardless of how you feel about yourself. In Romans, it says, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Why is this important to keep in our hearts? Because there are three things that we all crave for. Remember three A's. We crave for affirmation, we crave for attention, and we crave for approval. Let's be honest about this. We all silently struggle with these. We crave, we crave for people's attention, for their approval, 
for their acceptance. It becomes so important to us that it starts to become our prime motivation in life. One pastor said, In truth, we crave the acceptance and approval of men, but we need it from God. We long to know we matter to others, but we forget how much we matter to Him. We desire approval and favor of others, but we lose sight of the approval and favor we already have in Christ. While we tend to seek these things from men, ultimately, he said, God is the only one in whom we can find our deepest desires completely fulfilled. There aren't many things in life, he said, that bring such unhappiness to us as trying to become people-pleasers. In 1 Thessalonians 2.4, it says here, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God and not people. He alone, according to this verse, examines the motives of our hearts. In his letters to the Galatians, he said, Am I now seeking the approval of man or God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. We live our lives as believers to serve Christ. That is part of who we are. Knowing your identity in Christ means you are to live to serve Christ and serve others, whether you feel accepted, appreciated, or not. The Bible says, use your gifts to serve others. Use your bodies as a holy, living sacrifice, acceptable to the Lord, never lacking in zeal in serving the Lord. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be a servant. Jesus is saying, I'm teaching you to find your acceptance in me alone and not in anyone else. You serve not to seek acceptance because you are already accepted in Christ. A journey to self-discovery, our identity starts with humility, to accept who God says we are, not what other people think about us or not what we even think about ourselves. It requires us to surrender to the false identities we have embraced through the years and replace it with the new identity that we have in Christ. And when we know that we are loved, not for who we were, but for who we are now, in Christ, we can stop pleasing others and start serving Jesus by serving others, regardless if they don't affirm us, because we are already know that we are accepted in Christ for who we are, the good and the bad. We have been given the ultimate validation and the ultimate purpose for which we have been called. In 2 Corinthians, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The greatest love of all was the one 
shown on the cross. You should not crave for attention, affirmation, and approval of others. You couldn't be any more loved by God than you are right now, just as you are. You are loved by Christ, and your identity is in Him and Him alone. And this is the only validation that we need, and we already have it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you for your word, reminding us that our identity is not in what others think about us, not in what others say about us, not even in what we think or say about ourselves. Our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And knowing this brings us to our knees in humility, allowing ourselves to be defined by who you say we are and not by what others or what the world tells who we are. Thank you, Lord, for accepting us for who we are. And thank you for seeing us righteous because of what Christ has done on the cross. Lord, today, help us not to seek the approval of men, but to seek you. And that we will serve not to be accepted, but we will serve because we know we have already been accepted. Thank you, Lord, that we can rely on this great truth that our identity is in you and you alone. We thank you, Lord, for your word that is alive, sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow. Thank you for your word, Lord. May we live it today, tomorrow, the rest of the week, knowing that we are loved unconditionally and radically. We love because you loved us first. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Next week, don't forget, let's give God a praise. Don't forget, next week we'll be having our anniversary celebration. God bless you all. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalan. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.